I listened to some of the makings of um, the Serial podcast and the This American Story, which of those are like Serial podcasts. It's like one of the most popular ever. I know I've heard it, but is it about serial or is it about killings? Yeah, it's like serial killers it's not no it's not about serial it's killers. about any of them they do a story it's about like true crime true crime okay podcast. they do a story about someone accused of a crime the first story is that that um this guy well he's actually convicted but it's all conjecture it's like n- there's no actual evidence making a murder it's yeah it's kind of cool. like that it's cool. I like that they actually talk about the the fact that if you don't remember um a specific day it's it's like a a good sign that you're probably innocent because for you that was a random day right. but if you remember everything about that day uh, so like if you're gonna kill people they be, like they don't be in think the court it. like what did you do august 27th but i'm like bro i don't know yeah. <laughs> the fact that you don't know makes you look guilty like but, call wait, Google. It, it makes you look guilty but in reality it's in reality like he didn't do anything worthwhile if you day. had killed someone that day you probably remember the song that was on the radio when you, you know, got in the car you know what's crazy to me is how they can just take your phone number and they know which towers your phone is connected to based off your phone number so even if you don't have like gps on or there's no record of your gps or whatever oh, they yeah. can look back in the phone record and go you were near Signal Mountain because you connected to that tower. Or your phone was. Your phone least. was at least. Oh, man. That's the moment like, well, I didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. Are we recording? It's like we're innocent and we're still trying to cover our tracks. We're like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, it's but like, it's this kid. They want to know where he was after school. Like, it comes down to like what? Like a, a one and a half hour window. Where were you during this? You know, this. And he was like, I was probably at soccer practice. Probably like I don't know for right. sure. Maybe I went to the library after. I always feel like if I ever get accused, bro, I'm they, I'm done because I I don't know nothing. <laughs> I don't remember anything, bro. Well, with with that thought of not remembering anything, tell me about the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Far Flung Team Game Podcast. Uh, I'm with Jeremy and Zeke. Uh, my name's Brian, and we are all a part of Far Flung Team Can. And Kyle was supposed to be in this podcast, but he had more important things to do, um, which I actually don't know what he was doing. But uh, I'm going to be in his place as the host. So we just got back from the Philippines a month ago. Maybe it's been a month. Something like that. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hit you with like words, (laughs) bullet points. Okay. And you respond. Okay. Okay. Philippines. Hollow, hollow. Oh. It was good. That's all the words I have. That's incredible. <laughs> mix, mix. The bomb. Mix, mix. Hallelujah. Yeah, that was good. Okay, somebody explain what it is. It's like you took an ice cream shop in a candy store and just put it in and one a coconut. And, and, and a coconut. Put it in a coconut. Yeah. Pour milk on it. Yeah. It's like, it's like candy cereal ice cream. Yeah. Uh, shaved ice. You got with have shaved, shaved ice, ice as well. Yeah. In a coconut. With corn. Oh, oh yeah. corn, yeah. Because it's and, sweet. Oh, and or also beans. beans. There's apparently one that is only corn. It is only corn and milk. I'm, I don't think I'm down with that one. But they're like, yeah, it's sweet. So and they just like throw cream corn. corn. <laughs> just cream corn. <laughs> it's, it's cream corn served in a yeah. coconut. <laughs> served in a coconut with <laughs> I, over Old ice. cream corn. No, but like not to do it injustice. Hollow Hollow was really good. And I was like very like suspicious. 
I'm like, okay, we all are. Right, now, we is... had it at that restaurant with your buddy that came over from Japan. What was his name PJ. again? PJ. Oh, he was awesome. He introduced us to the like a light version. This is like the hotel restaurant version <laughs> of it. Right. Right. Yeah, and and the it hotel, even had cause... some like weird clear jello yeah. in it. Right? That was a coconut jelly. Coconut. Of course it was. Of, co- of course it was. Of course that's what it was. Okay. I think my favorite. I think my favorite part about the hollow hollow is is this the one we had where the chicken was eating it? Yes. If you watch the film, the chicken was eating this one. Um, they they shaved the inside of the coconut, so it was like noodles. It was like cold. Was that where that was? Where that where that one was? I think so. Am I? I don't know. We ate a lot. We ate so much Just, yeah. that I can't remember where it was. But they had like shaved it. They had like shaved it, so it was like strings of the of the tender coconut on the inside. That was awesome. It was just great. Is it? What's the closest thing someone could find to Hollow Hollow here in the U.S.? You'd have to combine at least two things. You'd have okay. to go to like three or four different restaurants. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to start at a grocery store and buy a coconut, yeah. and then you'd have to go to an ice cream store and then find some shave ice somewhere, and then a candy store, and then oh, and then open a can of beans, corn, <laughs> throw it in there. But man, like it, it's people will listen and be like, oh, but it's like, no, it worked. Yeah, there were beans, there were jellies. I think it's just so much stuff it in weird. it, it doesn't even matter anymore. Mm-mm, like, you no. could start putting like... They just said anything sweet, we throw it in there. And I was like, great, that sounds like my favorite thing. What is the what is the Cajun food where basically they just throw everything in there and it's like some Jambalaya. kind of... Jambalaya. Yeah, something like that. They're it's like, like the ah, dessert version of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the cold, non-spicy version. Like it's the, cold, non-spicy jambalaya. Like the leftover casserole. She's got like three meals in there. He's like, just throw it in, put some crackers yeah. and chips on top. It's a little bit of chicken casserole, lasagna, it's yeah, all of it. Put it in put the some oven. crackers and chips. <laughs> okay, um, tell me what you knew about the Philippines trip before you went on the trip. Oh, absolutely nothing. I didn't ask too many questions either. I was like, might as well make it an adventure. Yeah, is that and, your go-to thing? No. Let's not ask questions. <laughs> no, no, no. No, when it comes to Kyle, when it comes to people like, I always serve under like insane people. Like Kyle really, or where Josh else Geiselman. Worked? Right, right. <laughs> Kyle or Josh Geiselman. Like those are those are some of my, those people that I follow. I'm just drawn to people like that. And I, I've learned with Kyle that I'm just going to go, I'll just get real relaxed, which is not my typical personality type. Like this is me relaxed. You don't, it doesn't seem like it is. Uh, you can't imagine what's going on inside. But... <laughs> I will, I will, when it comes to Kyle, I just go, it's probably going to be fine. And I don't ask any questions. That helps me. Well, his answers don't usually bring you Right, that might be why. So it's almost like. They don't give me anything. I would rather just think I'm the only uncertain one than to think the one I'm hoping is certain also might be uncertain. Right. So you just, yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't really do any research. I didn't either. I didn't have like really any basis. I think like when he said Davao City. I was like, oh, Google Images. Okay, cool. Which did not do it justice. It. Like, it that didn't was do the only, like, research I did. And now, is that your norm? Like, to go pretty blind into something? I Now it is. You, I used to, but man, before I went, I could get there and be like, look at that mountain. I know what that mountain's name is. I know how tall it is. I know who climbed it. Like, I used to be like that. And now I just, you know, like it's just life's demands. I just, I'm not thinking about the trip until i'm like we're okay we're on the ground here now now what are we doing <laughs> yeah. okay so you're coming off of some pretty extensive travel this year you and the family just got back from japan I mean, just a little bit yeah i mean we spent three months in japan okay i did more research for that thinking i'm well, taking my whole family surely. for three months and you were the leader at that point basically like you you were the right. go-to 
You right. don't have to rely on Kyle. Like when you're the that. leader, you feel responsible to do your research. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's yes. an expectation that the leader has done the research. <laughs> Maybe that's why I just trust Kyle. Like, I hope he's done the research. I don't want to know if he hasn't. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's something we could have known going into the Philippines trip that would have made it any better. Well, what surprised you about the Philippines? What's, what about the Philippines surprised you? Well, for me... Like, I think what would surprise most people, one thing was the food, like the amount, the how good it was. Now, I had some reference with some Filipino families that attended our church. I had invited us over to some birthday parties. So I went thinking like we getting ready to eat. And with that expectation, I was still surprised. Um, I think what surprised me is my expectations like I built this entire house of expectations on this much information. <laughs> so I knew that somewhere there's a guy planting churches on islands. So in my mind, we're going to be on little boats, island hopping. And I built this entire trip out in my mind based on that. And it was nothing, nothing like that. Nothing so right. that was the surprising thing for me is like, I thought, okay, we're going to be on boats. We're going to go here. And then I have to leave a couple days early. That was a logistical problem. Me and Kyle were talking through. Because originally, Kyle mentioned, like, I might have to take an ox cart back to the airport. What? <laughs> you know, I think he was describing how difficult it was trying to get me back, which ended up not being a problem. Well, so, yeah. I think before you go to the Philippines, I had a similar expectation initially. Was thinking, like, there's just a bunch of little islands, and you're going to get on boats and go br- 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 to yeah, islands. I thought we'd be on the coast the whole but time. But then you get there, and yeah. you realize, like, oh, no, like, this island is enormous. Yeah. And the other islands are in, so it's a lot. It's the the scale of everything to me was much greater than I expected. I was expecting like Hawaii, yeah, type island. No, I'm, and, and we, I haven't been to Hawaii, but like just from the pictures, that Google Earth, Mindanao that yeah. we were oh on gosh. felt like a, just a continent. Like we yeah. we went all over. We did the the wobble wobble ride. I yeah. call it like. Dude, we were out there, and we were in them trucks for eight hours. You know what I mean? It's eight like, hours, and we didn't cover no, hardly any no. Of you the didn't, yeah, you're just a yeah. tiny little piece of yeah. it. Like, so yeah, it was a lot bigger. I think when when it, when anybody just when I think of the Philippines and talk about the Philippines, and I don't want to say it surprised me, but the thing that like I wasn't expecting to just be so focused on after the trip is how much fun. Oh man, it yeah. was like the people, Rio. Mm. Everybody, yeah, from the from the head yeah. of the ministry all the way down all to the, way the down. people you went to in the in the barangays and all of those little churches, like just this is such a joy in the people, like a very contagious, like sincere joy that you, you, it's it's almost like almost like something you you don't experience. Maybe uh, for me, it's like. It, it was such a natural state for everyone just yeah. to be so happy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, sometimes, you know, it seems like we have to force it or we have to be intentional about, okay, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be positive today. I'm going to have a good day. <laughs> yeah. And you it know? greeted us firsthand like, every right, time. Right. Like I feel like that's yeah. how I go through life. Like today is going to be a good day and I'm going to yeah. be positive and I'm not going to let things get to me. And it's just like there, it's just, it was effortless. It was yeah. just everybody. And it was just so much fun. Just riding on the, the wobble wobbles and, and the different things that we did. And that's not and, the name of them. I know. Okay. Okay. Hubble, I, just, Hubble. I was just right. making sure. But I like wobble wobble. Cause yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. 
Um, but anyways, it it's was like just the, the American translation. I just had to be. You said it with such conviction, so I was like, I hope he knows that's no, really not the name of it. Havel, Havel. They they corrected me like a hundred times. Havel, 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 Havel. So it's one of the. If you know, you know. I don't. It's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun, and that that's like, I think the next time I go to the Philippines, the anticipation is to me, is about to be fun. I think yeah. like. I knew that they have a, a big impact. I knew going in, there's like a thousand churches that are a part of this like network, this family of churches. One Way Outreach is the name of the it's ministry. funny how when you say there's like a thousand, it sounds like an exaggeration, but nope. there's actually. No, there's a thousand <laughs> churches. Like, I, I mean, we would here in our like church organization culture, we'd call this a denomination. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is this would be like that, which uh, I never heard that word from from them ever. Um, but sometimes I have this experience with ministries that early on, when it's small, it's like startup, and it's fun. And there's so much written about like that startup mentality, high energy, a lot of fun, and then as something grows, sometimes it loses that magic. Yeah, you know, there's a. There's all kinds of leadership books written on this kind of thing. And then when something, and if you've been a part of like really big ministry, sometimes it has a way of becoming business. Yeah. It's like, you know, and you walk into the offices and then there's like, there's this door leads to this door and you got to go through and you got to see somebody's assistant. And, and, and I'm, it's okay that people have assistants and schedules. I'm for that. But Somewhere in all of that, in I have experienced some places that lose the fun. Yeah. That was there when it was just like startup. And you're talking about ideas while throwing a football <laughs> in the room, like back and forth, like, ooh, let's do an album. Let's do it on the ice roads. Let's let's have 15 passenger buses and let's fly in a plane. And it's just like kind of this funness. They have the big impact. They have a like they're a big organization. But it has this startup feel, this fun joy, right? Um, okay, here's your next react to this. Um, Brian and Dulce. It's all you. Man, I won't repeat the joke, but the first morning we spent with them, I thought I had a funny joke. Did you and, not? And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was like you just met these other people in ministry, and it wasn't inappropriate. But it was, you know, I won't, I won't say it on the podcast. So it was slightly inappropriate, but also really funny. So, like, yeah. if they were just relaxed and cool, it would have a big payoff. And it was, like, a good moment to, but like, they weren't. begin the relationship. But you could kind of tell. Yeah. So, anyways, we're walking down off the hill, and I say the joke, and he busts out laughing. And I go, all right. Oh, I remember the joke now. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we're there. Like, he laughed. He got it. He, he like, tagged on to it. And I was like, sweet. Like, we're not going to be pretentious. I'll confirm. This week. It's not inappropriate. No, it's not inappropriate. It's but not. I'll confirm. It's like, it's like, we're not going to be pretentious this week. We're yeah. not. We're not. Like you're trying to weigh people out. And you're like, should I yeah. say this bathroom joke? Should I not say this bathroom joke? And then he took right, it. Right, right. He took it. He added on to it. And I was like, sweet. Like, I know the kind of person I'm dealing with. And what's so cool is, like, you talk about, well, they haven't lost that that newness and that fun and stuff. One of the things that 
they say in their interviews on the film, where they were like, how do you do this? How do you keep everybody in that same heart? How, how does everybody have that same mindset, that same attitude? And they just say, I, I think it comes from the top. And I think it just flows down. And man, it really does. Because as much as they accomplish, as much as they do, as much responsibility as they have, which actually I'll, I'll caveat that later. But like as much as that that there is, they're so just very content and so like okay from moment to moment. There's no like ingrained anxiety. There's no stress about it and I think that just carries over and and the caveat that I was going to give about the responsibility that they have one of the most amazing things that they do is just like um okay uh you're saved you've made a decision to follow Christ we need a church so you're the pastor (laughs) and we're going to mentor you and disciple you from here and just sounds crazy to which which sounds crazy to us because we do paperwork and all this other nonsense like and they they're just taking single 25 year old women mm-hmm. yeah. who've yep. been converted Grace, yep. Grace, who've been converted yeah. in these cities and they're turning them into pastors and it works yeah like we it, saw it firsthand yeah, and they're not leaving them out there. it's not just like all right you're pastor now bye see you later yeah it's like they do it they do it right and there's a mentorship and there's discipleship and things that goes into it and just to watch it and you just hear people like oh i'm a pastor you're like oh really you're like, yeah i'm a pastor at this church over here too and you're like oh Wow, really? And I wonder, and you think about yeah. it, you can't have a thousand churches with what a thousand without a thousand pastors. Yeah, yeah. it's like where are you going to find a thousand exactly. pastors? And what they've done is they've removed this like this illusion of well, there's just some people that are pastors and there's other people that aren't. Yeah, they've completely gotten rid of that and they've said you've got a heart for people. You're a follower of Christ, and you're a pastor. Along and most of them are also working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was that. I mean, uh, so yeah. The, yeah. That's my impression of them. Number one is just being extremely content and confident in what they're doing, without anxiety, without stress, without this striving, and then also their ability, probably which which assists in that, their ability to say, okay, the responsibility is not just ours. The responsibility is all of you and all of ours. All, you, not just me and my wife, it's everybody. We're we're all in this and we're all doing it. And they actually do it. It's not like I'm gonna put you as a placeholder as a pastor here, but I'm really gonna be the one lurching over you and, and like it's you. I'm here for you and we're gonna mentor you, but that's you. And then they, they're able to step back and let a thousand pastors operate. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. There's just like there's so much trust. And I wonder if that's like part of the recipe i don't think it could be duplicated here in the u.s but i wonder if that's part of the recipe like they're not like hit you have to do at least five years of training before you preach your first sermon and you have to do like i mean they're they and they take people from the village they don't like place a new pastor in a village they say this is your village you've grown up here um this is your home now this is your church and they put a huge amount of trust in these people and it as far as i saw it paid off every time i mean it was Every village we went to, I was like, oh, so this is another person. And it all felt the same. Every church, no matter what size, because we went to churches that were huge in the city. And, yeah. you know, I mean, they're, the dynamics of it might change a little bit, but the the 
I don't know, the genre of it, the the feel, the DNA yeah. was the same everywhere. When it was a village, like, and it was yeah. a hut, an open air hut, it was the same. Well, and they, they never talked about the brand. No, no. It wasn't something that had to be no. taught. There's no branding conversations. <laughs> no, I mean. They're, they're, they're talking with us, at least, for sure. There's no talk about, like, like how they, there's no guidelines. There's no, you know, it's just. How how do you have the goal to put a church on every island? How do you have the goal? How do you put build a thousand churches, right? Because and of that thousand churches, eight hundred have physical buildings. So or is it the other way? No, I'm pretty sure three, seven hundred three hundred. Okay, you, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's eight hundred of those one thousand churches. I think so. Have physical buildings. So two hundred of those okay. maybe are right now in the process or in homes. So it's not like we're saying. There's not embellishment on this in the sense of, well, there's a thousand churches and and 200 of those of those churches well, like either are, way you look at it. There's yeah. a thousand bodies. Yeah. There's there's a thousand yes. groups yeah. of people, you know. Yeah. And it's like, how do you do that? Like without all of the stuff, the branding talk, the stress, the anxiety, right. how, how do you and then how do you have that goal without having that sense of striving like. And it's like, man, it just feels as if it really is. I know this is crazy, but it feels as if it's really just about building the kingdom. Yeah. It really, it really does. It's like, how can you have a goal to build a thousand churches and not do all of the stuff that you're tempted to do? All of the practical things, but then all of the emotional Back to the stress, anxiety, striving, and the the brand, and this and that. We got to protect this. We got to make sure. How do you have a goal to do what they're doing and be doing it, but not have all of that baggage come along with it? And it's like, oh, because it's really not about one way outreach. Yeah, it, it's it really is about building the kingdom. Yeah, um, and it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy to see where where a lot of times that there's there's that conflict there between like doing kingdom work and then also what we call building the tower yeah. you know yeah they feel similar sometimes but there's that conflict you know but it's not there it's not there it's not talked about at least it wasn't in front we, we were there for a week we talked to a hundred leaders there we spent days with them you know and it's like everybody's so they're not going okay all right we need another yeah. church how many churches what's our goal this year for church they're not you know they're not doing that it's like they're smiling and they're yeah, relaxed. There, were, there were no PR reps either. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, like I went to, um, I went on a scout trip to another nation one time. And when I came home, I met with their stateside leader. And I said, man, you had them on their P's and Q's. Like you could tell because we were there, everybody was like very straight and everything was right in place. And everything was like, and he goes, I told them to have everything spotless when you guys got there. And I was like, Cool. That's not really what we wanted. <laughs> we wanted it to be in action, right? Not staged. And with them, you could tell nothing was, was staged. There was no staging. No. We had access to the leaders. We spent mm-hmm. hours in trucks with people that if they were wicked, terrible folks, they could have told us. Oh, yeah. You know, they would have told us. Yeah. It, sure. It's yeah. not like there was some type of um yeah, staging to it all. This is the ministry. Yeah, no one. This was is what ta- it is. If you don't like it, okay, cool. We're still going forward. Yeah. What 
I think what I'm looking at through the lens of that trip is all that they've accomplished and how it doesn't seem to be derived from this deep sense of ambition of like, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to open six new campuses and we're going to do this. And somehow what I've experienced personally is that the ambition that comes at times does the opposite. It's like it restricts. Mm-hmm. And because they weren't all about this, this ambition, they had a goal. We want to plant a church on every island, a church on every island, a church in every village. Now is one of the things I heard Brian say when I was talking with him, a church in every village in the Philippines. Yeah. That's this lofty ambition, lofty goal. But it's like, because they're not like overthinking it. It's like, it's not restricted. So they can use any leader. Yeah. We can train and raise up. Now, I would like to see behind the curtains because there's something to the way they train their leaders right. and they're producing great leaders mm-hmm. in those in those communities and those churches, man. You remember the um the the one I think it was the first church we stopped at um after our overnight stay out there. Um and it, we had the time of prayer for that for the lady and her husband. Um, and you oh, just, yeah. man, these leaders are are seeking the spirit of the Lord, and they're mm-hmm. wanting the spirit of God in their churches. Um, and that's where I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking back over endeavors in my life and saying, was I somehow restricting? Because like maybe I was overly ambitious, and so. Oh well, yeah, and the, this, how do you say it? There's. We went out to the farthest yeah. church. Oh, yeah. And they're building a church building. In the meantime, they put a sign up on some random building. On a, on a house? And they got somebody who, you know, just recently converted is already the pastor. So it's not like they go, okay, in order to build our type of church, we have to do this, 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 this. No. The standard is that's a building. That's our church. You're a convert. You're a pastor. All right. And that starts now. And then they come back. Yeah. And they're discipling. And then they come back and they're laying, con- you know, mm-hmm. putting down concrete and building. So it's like there's no like standard of building or there's no yeah. qualifications that have to be met. In a person, yeah. Like besides, it's very simple. You're a Christ follower. That's a building. Congratulations. We have a church. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna work from here. And the thought would be, well, that'll never work, right? Except we have churches that are <clears throat> like have been around for decades. They've got churches that started that way that have been around a long time, mm-hmm. and those pastors that started that way have been pastoring a long time. Yeah. And so, because you go into some of the leaders that are there and man, they were, Oh yeah, I've been here for 10 years. I've been pastoring for 12 years. And then this other guy, Oh, I've been pastoring for two years. So there's an element of, if this doesn't work, it would have never worked. There's no way you get to where they are. Right. And that doesn't work. 
but we we intuitively know right that like giving someone fake responsibility doesn't work right and i think that happens a lot uh in ministry we say well now you're in charge of this thing but they're really not you know there you have actual responsibility especially if you're that village where it takes two hours on a dirt bike to even get there yeah and you've got no electricity and no signal and it's like you're the pastor for these people hey village this is your pastor and they they take that stuff serious yeah you know and it's like like that being said there's a measure of responsibility that that i would suggest sparks a a a sense of leadership and sparks a real sense of worth in those men and women that they place in those positions um, that they seem to be responding positively to. And they have empowered so many people. Yeah. That pastor, super remote, new convert. They say, all right, you're the pastor community. This is your pastor. And then they also tell that new pastor, Hey, this guy's your pastor. Mm -hmm. Like, so this is the regional pastor yeah right and so he's got now he has somebody he can connect to and so like when we went to um have lunch that afternoon before i left uh man we met with what i think it was 10 or 12 pastors um pj shared a devotion that day Mm -hmm. and those were man that was like a little pastoral group that would then go from there kind of like all over that region that was the regional group and so they have tears where it's like, okay, you're a new pastor, but you're not on your own. Even though you're really remote, there's a guy that's really remote, not too far from you. Mm-hmm. And and so they're all connected. Um, but the the leader, kind of like the what's CEO, the, the guy at the top, he can't try to hold all the control. No. And do something at that scale. He's empowering other people. Yeah. The only th- the only thing I can think of that like I, i've racked my brain on this and been like how does this work because i've just never seen anything like this in the u.s um and i i looked back and i was like the one thing i did not see ever like not in any leader in the philippines to any capacity was pride it's pridefulness i didn't see it once like I, I i look up at the at the top and i go there's no pride in this like i saw pastor brian speaking to every person, ha- opening, opening himself up to time for any, any of the people that needed him. He was the same on all of yeah. those aspects, you know? Um, and I, I didn't see a pride for someone who was maybe over, uh, like we, we saw the one woman who was over the, we went to the, I don't know, the farthest one, the farthest one where we had to go on the hobble hobbles and they had one leader and she was over that region. And I saw no pridefulness in her, but I did see the leadership quality where she was like, how can we help you? How do we move forward as a whole in this region? How do we go forward like that? There was a camaraderie that I have never seen in a U.S. church. And I I haven't, you know, I'm not all in on all of those things, but it's just something that it baffled me from the first time that I saw them. Okay, question. And this is a little bit of a deviation. Okay, from all things Philippines. You said earlier, I don't think this could be recreated in the U.S. I'll ask that question. Like, I know that was just kind of a statement acknowledging how unique and powerful this is in the Philippines. Could this be recreated in the U.S.? It would take some work. I I, I think yes, but I don't think 
you could take an organization's existing framework and easily Transition. Trans- transform it into this. Like you're I thinking think it would have to be built from the ground up. It'd have to be a grassroots thing. You'd have to take a blank slate and with people that you trust and begin to build a new... Because to your point, we're very possessive. Like you were talking about pride. We're very possessive of our ministries. Yeah. Right? We talk about far flung and we're like, yeah, far flung did it. And it and it reflects on us. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I was watching a video, a guy was talking, and the guy he was talking to drove a BMW. He said, Why do you drive a BMW? He said, Because I like BMWs. He said, Do you? Or do you like what the BMW does for your perceived <laughs> image? Image. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not judging you, I'm just asking you. So then it comes back, it's like, you know, do we do I love far flung or do I like far flung because of the, the way the, yeah, the perception no, it has on me? Now absolutely. I think a high percentage of especially successful or known or larger ministries uh in the Christian South specifically, but in in the United States uh, in general, there's a lot of that. It's like, I go to this church, I got this sticker on my car, and we like the way it makes us feel about that. And we take ownership of this ministry as if it is the result. It's our brainchild. We started it, we're maintaining it, and we're growing it. What I saw in Brian and Dulce is almost like two people that are just kind of like caretakers of a thing that's much bigger than them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like we talk about songwriting sometimes. It's yep. like the, uh, the song is out there. Yeah. You're just finding the words. It's not so and much like, mine as yeah, I'm the one who I'm the one who kind of discovered this thing. And it's like if you're writing with somebody, you both are just finding. It's like you write songs sometimes and it's like they've already existed. You just found it. Right. And that's the way I see Brian and Dulce leading the ministry is not like this is our thing and it reflects on us because we did this. I saw none of that. It was just like, man, we just happen to be the people who get to serve as the leaders of this thing that it might help too because his father started it. You know, we're already second generation right. having passed but this it's on. Like so refreshing to see yeah. something that it's like it was bigger than them and it didn't define them necessarily. It was it was this this thing that it's like, man, I get to, it's like far flung, you know, our kids could be doing this 20 years from now, but it's like, for now I get to take part in, in the navigation and of the steering of this thing that's much bigger than me. And one day we'll, we'll pass on to somebody else. And, you know, so that would, that was really cool because it wasn't this like, um, this like, individual goal that I have to get while I'm in charge of this thing, that if I do this, I will be successful. If my ministry does that, I mean, this is how we operate here, Yeah, you know, and that wasn't it. I was just like, man, I just, I, I got the reins right now. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm spreading the love and trying to train, train people. Cause I'm going to be gone one day. And man, I'm just enjoying where I'm at right now. This yeah. this is like really cool. Yeah. That was very refreshing. I it think was. one of the things in looking at like could this be recreated, 
I think the fact that we're talking about how could I recreate what they do in my nation says a lot about what they're doing in theirs. The fact that our conversation is how could that happen here means I was like so impressed Mm -hmm. with what I saw. I'm like, is it possible that that could translate? One of the things I think they're doing is they're going into villages that don't have churches. Where I've had a lot of friends that planted great churches, that kind of thing. But it wasn't that long ago, I know a guy who planted a church in a city that's full of churches. Because there wasn't a church with his brand on it. Like they wanted a Methodist church there. Well, this church, this city has 10,000 churches, but they don't have a such and such, you know, fill in the blank. The Baptist church, Assembly of God church, church. Of God. They don't have our brand. It's not that they don't have churches. They got churches. They don't have this brand of church. Where they're going, they just don't have churches. They don't have very many churches. Um, they're going into regions that other people don't want. And <laughs> like here you get caught in the echo chamber, right? Especially like we're in Cleveland, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. Like, I mean, y- y- we like to, you know, we like to act like each individual body is like a body, but it's just a, it's just one big melting pot of the same beliefs and the yeah. same theology and and the same so you you can try to do something different here but you're just bringing the same ingredients from different places and putting them in a new pot and it's but to your point is it's who are going to be the ones that deviate yeah from the norm that that will go to go out into the other places that um aren't just you know yeah. In the, in the in the same. Okay. Here's your next respond to this word. Marabatuan. That is that's one of my favorite places in the world. And I have several places that like that I just like if I want to feel at home, I'll go to, you know, well, if I have a bunch of money, I'll go to Main Street USA in Disney World. Like that's one of those places where I go, man, I just I feel at peace. I go, I'm gonna have a great time here. It feels like a little bit of heaven on earth. You know, I'll go there, I'll go to Fall Creek Falls, something like that. And then I added after this trip, I added Marabatuan to that place. Um I've never felt the way that I felt there. Um just like you wake up, there's no there's no air in this house. I mean you don't expect there's gonna be air, but you're just laying on top of these sheets when you wake up. I was soaked in sweat. And somehow I woke up and I was like, this is exactly where I want to be. They are, they're playing worship music on speakers in that. Like for the whole community, our next door neighbors are just playing worship music. I don't know if it, I don't think it was for us. I think it was like what they normally do. Nah, that's what they, they, do. They, were, they were They were just blaring some Bethel music out of the out of the next door neighbor to that and it was loud enough that the whole village could hear it yeah like um, an ice cream truck coming through except there's no ice cream truck 7 somebody just got like worship music yeah. blasting no not 7 it was like 5 which yeah. did but that's the thing like i was ready to wake up because i was like it's hot and the sun is up i'm not laying i'm not going to just keep sweating in this bed uh so so i was i mean i think people were ready to get up at 5am and that was their wake up call was some bethel music it was it, Incredible. The way I put it in the film is like it was this little pocket of like the gospel, like the living gospel just in the middle of nowhere. 
and there's an aerial shot you see it's like mountain mountain ocean and then there's this little spot and if you're standing in that spot it's like everyone's smiling mm -hmm. they're all like i go outside you know there's like five leaves on this lady's property and she's got this broom and she's sweeping up the leaves the worship music is playing there's like a mist in the air the ocean is out in the distance you're completely isolated there's kids running around everyone's gardens are beautiful the flowers oh man are great and you're just like i, I just walked out that morning and i actually have a video on my phone where i just stood outside the house and just like filmed basically nothing except sounds and what i was looking at immediately you know and it was just very surreal like you had to stop and think i'm actually in this place and it actually exists <laughs> like and it's i mean you just felt like it's just amazing you know how just community can it just like changes something in the air really really does like and um to feel so at home in a place you spend one night in somebody actually invite you into their home right when right. you're planning to sleep outside and they're like you know that happened a couple yeah. times yeah but yeah it was it's almost one of those places i have to go back to just to confirm like oh yeah this is this is yeah. actually a real place <laughs> you know yeah yeah um do you think that like, like what percentage of, of that serenity that is there is part of the culture of maybe the Filipino people um, and the pre versus the presence of the gospel having taken root in the community? Oh, man, that's a hard it's, question. It's conjecture. It's just like I, I have a I have another okay. probably slightly more cynical view all right Jeremy I, the cynic i think welcome to the far flung podcast oh with Jeremy <laughs> the cynic. i think i think the natural this is what i discovered and i've known i've man i've had some close filipino families and stuff too but i just think especially after being there you know island culture is a thing like there's like laid back. It's, it's, there's a different vibe to yeah. folks from the island, and you you can, I think everybody would recognize that. Generally speaking, you know, um, but I also think that some of these places we went to is so simple, and there's such a lack of the religious striving that I feel like the people just haven't been messed up. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like they're innocent. Like, there, like they're, there's a yeah. there's like a, a religious spirit that just hasn't messed them up. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay, so Yeah, it yeah. does. So Jesus tells this story, parable, and they're throwing seeds out, right? You got the sower. He's throwing out these seeds. And some seeds fall on like terrible ground. Some fall on like stony ground thorny ground all this stuff i don't remember it all but then some of them just fall on good ground right and it's like there's an element of yes it's the seed but like the seed just falling 
didn't necessarily change everything. If that was bad ground, that was bad ground. Mm-hmm. The seed struggled. I feel like some of those places we went to in the Philippines, it was like, yeah, the gospel came here. And when the gospel got here, it was like good ground. Yeah. It was like good people. It was good ground. It's like it wasn't a leap for them to go from where they were. I mean, we're all sinners. I'm not saying that they already had righteous hearts or whatever. It's not theological. It's just saying that was already good ground. The simplistic nature of their lives. They're right by the ocean. They have food. They go fish. They come back with fresh lobster for us, or frozen yeah. lobster that yeah. they had caught. Um, is that is is that a, you disagree? You agree? Accurate? Yeah. No. Yeah. It was just like I think I think especially in the in Western culture, Christianity has a lot of baggage that comes with it, and there's a lot of Christian media where people draw conclusions. There's a lot of past experiences where people draw conclusions and, and everything. I feel like there, yes, it's it's like good ground. It's like wide open and ready. There's still a, a lot of innocence and what they're being presented is not the opportunity to take part in some religious organization or religious um, endeavor. It's just an invitation into being in relationship with with their creator. And it's like you you get the sense that it's like it's like you're like Pastor Rio, you know? It's like he wants to. He's like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to the states and get a job at a, at a church here. And I'm not, we're not bashing the states. Everybody understand like the context. We're just yeah, our, our culture I compared love, to a culture we visited, here, right? Pastors, leaders, all this stuff. But there's a part of it you would just be like, oh, man. It's like when there's a church startup, right? And it's like, man, everything is this is so good. And then they're like, okay, we got to figure out our brand and we got to get this. 5013C and then we're going to build a building and then we got we're trying to add people on staff and we're trying and you're like but this has been great. You know, it's been so good for 2 years. It's been so simple. We've just been like living life together and discipling each other and sharing experiences and like gathering as brothers and sisters and now we're going to introduce all this stuff. And I feel like a lot of that just hasn't been introduced especially in places like Matabatuan it's just like man you're here God is here like open up your heart period it's like oh man that's great so that that's my thought of it it's like man just there there hasn't been a religious spirit there to really really uh, screw people up and what do you think (laughs) I I I mean I I agree I I really I, I have the not that you are on two opposing sides but the fact that it's i have the hopefulness of uh it was good ground and there's you know it's it's people were just ready and i have the i have a little cynicism where i just go that they haven't been messed up because i felt like when i was there i was like unraveling like the lord was like maybe not speaking directly at me but 
I was I was like, oh, so this is what it's like. This is what it should be like. This is this is started to unravel things of you know serving in churches, working in churches, and just being like, this is this is what it looks like. It looks like this when we're not worried about um, what the flow of the service is going to be like. It looks like this when we're not worried about when we're not consumed, you know, of you know uh, celebrity pastors, and we're not consumed what other people are doing and. It, it got me to that place where I'm just like, how much of what I've consumed does not matter? How much of what I have put precedence in in my life does not matter? And really, I came away with going, oh, a lot of it doesn't matter. A lot of it doesn't matter because I'm I'm stepping out of this place where there was no air conditioning and, you know, there was the guitar was out of tune, not when they were playing, when we were playing. Um, like, like, you know what I'm saying? You're when we went to that, thing, I was like, wow, that has three strings and we're going to try to stay on key. Um, we like, none of it mattered. None of it mattered because the presence of the Lord was there. Community was there. Families were there and people genuinely cared for each other. Like I've been uh, just, it just unraveled a bunch of what what I felt and what I thought was so important. And I just went, wow, how unimportant some of this stuff is that we put on the first thing of the list. It's like, okay, make sure we have this done. And you're like, but that should be the last thing. That should be the last thing. And I think they just get it. They just get it. They're, the important things get done. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this and invite you to respond. With all of their their nuances, that they had at the churches and the environments. Um, they were not like, this was not like an abandonment of excellence. No, no, no. That, that, that's that what one I was church, the, the one church we went to in the hotel. That's the, I was whoa. just getting ready to talk about the same oh thing. Oh my, okay, go ahead. To, to, yes. to not yes. give people, I don't want to create a misconception here. There's a spectrum, right? There's the village church that's meeting in a random building that has a guitar with three strings. Yes. Yeah. Oh, system. absolutely. All the way to, the church that you guys went which to this Sunday looked, morning. Which looked and, and then, felt oh, like yeah. a U.S. church, right, well, right. what we would think. Now, yeah. I th- was it Tagum where we were at the hotel church? Yes. yes. Right? Now, this isn't to say like, well, it's just they've done this simplicity and there's no striving this and that. But there is still excellence. Absolutely. Because that band was smacking in the hotel. They, that like, was they, so They were so good. good. They put together an arrangement. That was like 30 minutes long. And being people that do that, I'm sitting there going like, okay, they're just flowing into songs. And they wrote that little interlude. And, oh, this is cool. Oh, now they're back to the beginning of that. And and it was this awesome thing. Talk to the leaders after of, of the music, you know, just telling everybody, man, that was awesome. And it was like, wait, they did all of that. And there's still this measure of purity. Mm-hmm. that yes. you normally don't experience yeah. and there's still this absence of ego and pride everywhere like they literally it wasn't even present the the main the main impression that i got from them is that it was just their pleasure and their joy to do that thing mm-hmm. and i was like oh wow yeah because like you're almost you're yeah. almost like at first you're like oh here we go here's the production thing and then it's over and you start talking to people and you're like, no, this was just an expression of joy for them. And I just happened to be here for it. Yeah. Wow. 
So like, yeah, yeah I don't want people to get, it's, it's no, not no, no, like, it's not yeah. like you have to like, okay, well forget it. We're selling our no. church no. and we're, yeah. we're meeting under a pavilion in the park and we're going to just take an acoustic and that's the only way to do it. No, 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 no. There is now how you break down the current structure that I've been a part of. I don't know. Right. It's but like that, being, what, being completely yielded to the Lord in every step of the way is what I feel like it was like. The, there, there's never, there's never a point where it's even an option where I felt like I've been in churches in the States where I go, you can completely take the Lord out of this. And this would have been the same service, yeah. which I hate. It may, it makes me go, I hope we never get to that point. And, and there it was like, it doesn't matter what stage of the church it is. If it's a hut, if it's one of their city churches, that's fully established. It was the Lord was the, was the main focus every and, time. And how, this is the point to me. This is, I, it doesn't matter. Like the MO, like what you're doing and where you're doing it and what it looks like, whatever. I think this is one of the positives that I brought back, like from the Philippines that's helped me look at, I guess what we're talking about is the predominant, American cult, uh, church culture, I think is what kind of like will shape it like yeah, that. Western. One of the things that has brought, that I brought back is to go, oh no, it's not that all of those things that you're doing are bad things or nonsense things. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's not the point. The point is, is somehow there, everything flows out of and flows into just a greater measure of joy. Absolutely. And to do it here and to be completely lacking in joy, <laughs> almost to the point that we say, well, if you're miserable in ministry, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> and then you go there and you're like, no, 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 hold on, wait, wait. They're doing it from yeah. the mega church to the village, and it's all an expression of joy. But you have this early church in Acts, and they get persecuted for the sake of Christ, right? Right after, now Jesus has just been crucified and resurrected and they go away from this moment of persecution and it says they're like celebrating that they were persecuted for Christ's sake. But I think it's more like they were so excited that they confused us for Christ, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't that it was persecution because sometimes as we go on mission trips and people come back, and we go on trips like this to the Philippines and people come back, they begin to think that the answer is simplicity. Right. But you can have simplicity and still be religious. And miserable. And miserable. <laughs> yeah. um, or people almost, it's almost like people glorify the poverty. Yeah. Well, because they have nothing, which is not the case. Because I've been to some villages where they are poor and they are miserable. <laughs> they are There's not poverty. Yeah. So the answer isn't the poverty I don't want to say the answer isn't simplicity because I'm kind of in a place where personally I'm, I'm finding there is something very sacred in, in the fact that there's some simpleness to who Christ is and what he has for us. He led, you know, 2 million people out of Egypt with 10 laws or millions of people out of Egypt, with 10 laws. Right. And we got how many law books we got on the stacks, and, <laughs> you know, and then Jesus condenses them down to like basically two, two main ethos things. 
So like, I, I don't want to say the answer isn't simplicity, but I do want to say, I think there is a, a pathway away from the self-righteous or, or like institutional righteousness that, that is Western religion. Um, and you can still have a great band that has that because I saw it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a case to be made that in the religious culture that we're used to, the only thing you get from playing the game, right? Let's call it playing that game is self-validation. Like we did it right. We have the right model. We made the right decisions. We made the right investments. Yeah. We did. And that's that's essentially the only thing that religion leads to is pride. And and creating your own righteousness. Yeah. Right? Which is self-righteousness. So that's the outcome. That's the ultimate goal of religion is that I do the right things to attain rightness with God. Right? And here's this, you know, what whatever religion you look at you know it like there's a set of guidelines and and things that i must do and be in order to be right and i attain those things through my own effort and looking at like like what you were just saying there is a way that i think we all witnessed in the philippines there is a way to leave all of that out of the equation. Because I think it's that pursuit of building your own case and building your own righteousness that leaves you perpetually in the state of striving to become something that you never could be, which is the great thing about our gospel is we're invited into this thing that's like, it's already done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that hamster wheel thing. You don't got to mess with that. Like, like you can be done with that. And if that is accepted, then, the, then the only thing that's left is joy. Yeah. That's it. That striving, that feeling of not measuring up and not being good enough. All of that goes out the window. And the only thing you're left with is gratefulness because I, I didn't do this myself. And it goes back to their, Brian and Dulce's leadership of the ministry. There's not a sense of pride that's like, this is my mm. thing that I'm doing. Right. There's no. a sense of gratefulness. And if you're grateful, gratefulness is the doorway to joy where you can go, okay, so that's that's what's so encouraging. And it's not about coming, let's all be very clear. It's not about saying America stinks and America church stinks. That's no. not the point. There's great churches. There's great people doing great things. That's not the point. The point is, is wherever we're at and whatever ministries we're in, including far flung, how do we, and this is what we've been talking about for two years internally. We don't talk about it on the podcast a lot, but how do we keep that self-righteous striving? I did it prideful mentality out of far flung so yeah. that we can just be grateful, not what for we're accomplishing, but what for, but, but, but for what the Lord is doing and be able to sit back and go, okay, 
you know, this doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean no excellence. It doesn't mean not practicing the music. It doesn't mean not doing some work. That's not the point. The point is, is how do I remain in this attitude of dependency upon God and gratefulness that leads me to this place where everything that I do only comes out of this sense of I'm just doing this for the Lord. And that's what brings me joy. Like, that's incredible, man. And it's possible because you sit like it's so like easy for us to sit here in the same thing that we've always experienced and just think that you can't do it. I've said that. Yeah. You just can't do it. You okay, can't so, do all of those things and still operate in that 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 purity and that sense of joy and, and without the ego, without the pride. And it's like, no, you can. And they're doing it. And it the, then the challenge becomes is like we said, like, okay, what do you I and I think I'll give an answer. Our job is to just instill that in our children. Yeah. And this thing happens generationally, right? It's a kingdom. Kingdoms open, uh, operate generationally. Like this, this, it instill that into our children so that we may not have a, a model to hand them, but we have we can hand them a, a mindset and a spirit, if you want to call it, or or something that that they can go and they can create a culture um, where they don't have to do as much. Uh, what's the word? renovation you know they can yeah, just yeah. they can start fresh like new construction yeah. you know? i do think there's something to the like the words you just said too like it's a mindset over models it's like you having just a mindset where we i mean i pastored for 10 years and, and you've been on staff at a bunch of churches there's a sense of a church model this is the model that we're going for this is the organizational structure this is this opposed to this is our mindset this, you know, this is the mindset that we have. Um, and like my son, well, I've been to little churches and him go back to children's church and it's a little back hallway, him come out at eight, 10 years old. That was awesome. And also go to big churches and there's a check in with the QR code and <laughs> I get picture updates on my phone and I have GPS coordinates to where he's located at in the building, crazy stuff. You go to all this, these links and he come out and he'd be like, that was awesome. Like in his mind, it's just a mindset. Like he doesn't care if it's got all of it or if it's got none of it. It's like, so because it's a mindset opposed to like, okay, well this is the model that we're going for and it's big brand or it's whatever. There's something to, when the children of Israel come out and they learn like historically, they learn how to make bricks, right? There's a podcast, Bayman podcast. He talks about it. They learn, they learn how to make bricks and it says it in the scriptures. They learn how to make bricks. And then basically they learn that and God is silent. God doesn't say anything about it. It's not until they build a tower unto themselves, you know, like God's not against building, it's not against bricks, not against structure or models until this thing is unto ourselves, mm -hmm. which became the problem after Jesus. They have a temple, but instead of the God of the temple, it is all about the temple of the God. Right. And I, when I go to the Philippines, the refreshing thing that I'm looking for is the hollow, hollow <laughs> food. And it is there is a God of the church. And it's not the temple. 
that we worship. It is the God that exists here. <laughs> I thought you were about to say it's not the Church of God. That's what I thought you were no. about to say. No, I have too many friends in the Church of God. I have my license in the Church of God. So... Um, I, mean, I just, I just, that's yeah. where I was yeah. like, is he about to say that? No. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, I think that we, we live such a privileged, um, little corner right here within far flung to have so many opportunities to see God doing his work in so many different places. Sometimes it's like sensory overload. Yeah. Cause he's doing this in Mozambique and this in the Philippines this year. And then I come here and I'm, I'm now looking at this thing through all these different lenses. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're doing this wrong. We're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And if I'm not careful, I could come home from the Philippines and be very. Yeah. I don't know what the word is. Be very yeah. ticked off. Not ticked off. Frustrated. Just, I can take a negative posture. Cynical. To what we have here. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, because it doesn't feel like Matabatuan. I'll, I'll tell you what the Philippines taught me. Is if it's lacking in joy, forget it. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, if, if, if it is not, if it is not causing you to operate out of joy, and that it is not causing you to be more joyful. Yeah, and that's not even that's not even talking that's not talking about doing things that are like just fun or just and, easy. And it's the opposite. No, it, and we say we live in a culture that says if you're in ministry and if you're depressed, right? And yeah. if you're miserable and if you really really want to quit, then you're doing the right thing. Right. And I'm just like go over there and talk to those people. Cause that ain't it. And and there's a temptation. And, and I just say this from a person who came up under like a pat. I'm a pastor's kid, worked in church my whole life. There's a temptation to say, well, not everything's not going to be fun except, except for there is this thing, the hardest moments in far flung, the places where you're sleeping on the ground, where it's the most uncomfortable have been the most joyful. Yep. Right. Well, well, what if you have to carry blocks? to build something what if you're carrying blocks all day you're telling me it's going to be fun i'm telling you the days that i've carried blocks and far from got <laughs> been so fun sometimes i think we're trying to turn maybe difficult things say oh this is difficult really and truly if something is difficult and it's not joyful you're probably doing it with the wrong people because <laughs> if yeah. you take a really difficult thing and do it with the right people it's still fun like when I ran out of gas on the interstate in my big van, like you know, twenty years ago now. Who was with you? Uh, Nick and Polly, and we got out of the van. We're a mile from the exit, and instead of calling somebody, we're like, "We gonna push this in the middle of the <laughs> no, night." You didn't. We pushed this van, and in my memory, it was fantastic. We're on the side of the interstate, Interstate ninety five, outside of DC, pushing a conversion van in the middle of the night. <laughs> Trying to get to a gas station, which we ended up failing because the incline <laughs> was just too much. But you're like, that's ridiculous. It's stupid. It was never going to work. You should be angry. You were physically. should be frustrated. It was in the middle of the night. You should be angry. And we're dying laughing. You know what I mean? So, like, so to your point, it's not about not facing difficulty. And this is like, this is the. 
it makes you even wonder if we know what joy is. It really does. Because those are the, those are the like anticipated like responses. It's like, well, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be, it's like, no, it's not the point. Like you can sweat all night and wake up and not want to be anywhere else. Just be full of joy. Yeah. And it mm. happened. Like you can, like, and we, we experienced it. And pe- but people experience that. They, they know, like, like I remember when my grandmother passed away when I was very young and I remember not feeling the same. I was, I was young. I was very young. I, I didn't, there was a sense of sadness, but I don't think I had full grasp of grief and things at that age. And I remember sitting, we were in a limousine with my uncle and them that we didn't, don't see very often. And I remember everyone crying. And I remember getting in the limousine. And I'm, you know, I can't remember how old I was, 10 years old. You know. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm in a limousine. You know, I'm going through all the compartments. And I remember everyone beating, weepy and crying. And, and then a few minutes into the, the limousine ride to the gravesite, they're all just telling stories about my grandmother cracking up. Yeah. It's a difficult time that was full of joy. Even in the midst of sorrow, there's this measure of joy that could not be avoided. And we experience, we all like experience. I just don't think we recognize it, you know? And it's, it's like, you can do difficult ministry with joy. And you can do it without the dark night of the soul, or you can do it without right. the the depression and the misery. And I'm just like, okay, let's look at the stats. Let's look at the suicide stats of pastors. Yeah. Let's look yeah. at the the rate of depression among uh, clergy and things like that. That's not happening over there. And it's like, yeah, well, it's over there. And it's like, yeah, because it's removed from everything that the, all of the mindset and attitude and things that we have. Yes, it's removed from that. And um, I, I just, I, again, I said the thing that I left with was fun. And it was fun. But the reason it's fun is because you're dealing with people who actually have joy. Like, actually, they're living. That's like their fuel. You know, they don't fake it. They don't like it's actually there. And uh, man, it's it's changed. I mean, the Philippines changed me and changed my perception. Yeah. And it's also given me a new, like there's a new like frequency that that my sonar can detect now. You know, it's like outside of ministry. It's like meeting with the businessman, sitting down to lunch, talking to him and realizing this dude is very successful and he's doing a lot and he travels a lot and he's got a lot of pressures on him. But dude, there's a joy that comes out of that. That is not, that is absent in some other people. Yeah. And there's artists that I work with. Some of them operate and they just, it's difficult. Yeah. But there's a joy to it. And there's some, there's not. And some of them are more successful than others. It's not that the joy determines the success. We right. know that. Yeah. We know that. But it's like there's that new thing that's going, oh. And then how that reflects on ourselves to go like, okay, there's a measure of joy that that's missing, you know. And it's not because of the circumstances. I think a lot of times I look at myself and I go, oh. And my thing is I always do. If I ever go through like 
a bad week or a dark week in my life, I stop and I go, you know what I haven't done? I haven't stopped to be grateful for anything. And that's back to that gratitude, the striving. Because when you're striving and you're doing it, you're never grateful for anything because you never get enough of what you think you should be able to get. But if you just sit back and go, God did, DJ Khaled, God did, (laughs) like God did it, right? Then you can go, oh, this wasn't me. So what am I left with? I don't have pride because it wasn't a result of me. The only thing I have left is I have to be grateful. So there's literally times where I like, like in a slump for like four or five days. And then I go, oh, I haven't, I haven't been grateful. So I sit down at my desk, I flip a new page and I make a list of things I'm grateful <laughs> for. And then I yep. go back the next morning and I read the list. And then uh, sure enough, it's like, yeah, that's right. This isn't all because of me. This I'm just, God is taking care of me and I'm grateful. And it's like, oh, well, the lights were on again. Look at that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I just think that that, all of that, like, man, we've just put together a web of of a nonsense the past hour probably now. But, yeah. like, I think that's what the Philippines did for me is gave me a real education and what it looks like to build a thousand churches and be joyful yeah, and grateful. Um, if you're interested... To know more about the Philippines, you can um, see some of our content that's on YouTube. Uh, I think Kyle is going to be uploading that. I don't know if it's up. Warbay, our executive producer. Not yet. Um, he's given me the uh, the signal that it's not on the YouTube. The soon and very soon look. Yeah. So um, if you want to know more about the Philippines... You can sign up to go back with us uh, next year. I do think that sign-up is on the website, so farflung10can.com. You can sign up and join us on a trip. You, you, you're you thinking to go back? I'd love to go. I'd love you to go back? I already told Kyle I got, I I got to go back uh, next Jonathan year. Jonathan over in the corner, he's like, I want to go. Dibs, dibs, dibs. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> sorry. There's already four <laughs> spots, a, so you better get on it. a staff trip every year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so Brian and Dulce and One Way Outreach, if you listen to this, we love you guys a ton. And I'll say this. We haven't been with you guys very long. And so we recognize there's probably some difficulties you guys walk through that we don't know about. Um, but that won't change how we see you guys. Absolutely. Um, and we love you guys a ton. Um, go check out the rest of our podcast and the rest of our content. You can listen to music on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, Carruthers has an album coming out. Ooh. My wife told me that. I hadn't been on social media. Yeah, but just posted like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, just posted like yesterday. So seventeen tracks. It's it's pretty. Oh man, yeah, you, that's you an album music, album. It's an it's an old school album. It's, it's like, like a soundtrack. Seventeen like tracks. Side A, side B type thing. Oh okay, so go check that out. Uh, we'll see you guys next. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope and pray that you have been blessed. We are passionate about missions, and we love to tell stories about all the adventure that is going on around the world when we travel. But most of all, we love to tell the stories about what the Lord is doing around the world. We believe that we are all called to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to go into the world and make disciples. At Farflung, we say everyone goes. Some go by giving, some go by serving, and some go by going, but everyone goes. So our prayer and our desire is that you have been challenged and encouraged so that you can also jump in on these adventures with us. There is so much need around the world 
And there are so many people that are waiting for someone just to come tell them about the hope and love of Jesus Christ. If you're sitting there going, I want to be a part of this, you can go to our social media pages or you can go to our website, farflungtincan.com. There you will find our latest trips and all the latest info on what's going on here at Farflung. We also ask that you would consider partnering with us. We can't do it without people like you who say, we may not be able to go, but we want to go by giving. And so if that's you, go to farflungtincan.com and click on the giving link and partner with us so that we can continue to go to the far-flung corners of the earth. Once again, we hope and pray that this episode has been a blessing. Don't forget to like and subscribe our channel, share it with your friends, and be looking out for the latest episode. See you soon.